Have you heard of a reverse exorcism? No, I have not. What is that? It's when the devil tells a priest to get out of the child. Jesus Christ. Welcome to Racing Home Podcast. You're joined by Fez Bobber and Nick Agater, your two very welcoming hosts. Uh, How's it going, Nick? He's doing pretty well. It is going quite well. I saw you this past weekend. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, It was always exciting to see you. Nice climbing with you. Oh, yeah. We went climbing. Oh, we also watched uh, the movie Enzo. Yeah, real quick on the climbing aspect. Uh-huh. Uh, I I have realized that with climbing, I am so out of shape. Both like, in, it's funny because we were just talking in the last podcast about getting back into shape and working out some more. But like when mm-hmm. it comes to climbing, there are some very specific movements and like techniques that no amount of like strength will really uh, build for you. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that like on the top of the wall, I am I've learned that I am now getting nervous. Because you were bringing this up uh, while we were over there that, like, mm-hmm. as a kid, you kind of don't have a sense of fear or you don't have the same the same level of fear as when you're an adult. But, like, mm-hmm. now I'm just like, yeah, I have more insurance and I can afford to hurt myself, but I really don't want to. Yeah, because as you get older, you're more prone to hurt yourself, too. Like, if a kid falls, it's like, oh, it's a slight, you know, scrape, and then they get back up and they do the same thing over again. If we yeah. fall, even though we're not that old yet, but, like, it's it hurts and then you're in pain for like at least a week you know yeah so i'm sure like you saw me whenever i'd get up to the top and i'd reach the uh finishing rock Mm -hmm. i wouldn't just jump or drop like i normally would i would actually like climb halfway back down and then drop yeah i saw that and i called you out for that yeah but uh, you know what i didn't uh i didn't get into any pain i slept just fine last night no pain today so yeah there you go yeah, surprisingly, uh, I wasn't sore either. Usually, like, whenever I go climbing, and I don't go climbing because I don't like climbing, um, I get, like, very sore. Like, my lats are sore, my arms are sore, my forearms are really sore, but, like, I'm chilling. That's pretty good. That means yeah. we need to go uh, do some more uh, rock climbing, and you need to hit shoulders a little bit harder next time. No, I mean, my shoulders are sore. Oh, okay. But, yeah. like, as far as uh, joints, they're all good? Yeah. I mean, it's like a good kind of sore. It's not like a painful kind of sore, if, if, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was fully yeah. expecting. Have you seen recently the memes of like, it's like, oh, people in their 30s right now, or people like getting close to their 40s, and it's like you're bending down to do a uh, skill or a task that you normally would, but like mm-hmm. it has the uh, squeaking uh, sound attached to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I make a certain noise every single time I get in and out of the car. Oh, my knees crack five times getting up out of the car. And yeah. once I install these uh, bucket seats into the Focus, it's only uh, going to get worse. Oh, it's a bitch getting in and out of buckets, dude. Yeah, I, 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 I like don't like it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it, it's good on the track. Um, I sure hope so. I cannot wait yeah. to go install it. So do you uh, enjoy climbing outside of, like, I guess, motorsports? Yeah, it's like a nice little hobby. It's not something I would ever go and, like, pursue more hardcore like i don't have a membership the only time mm-hmm. i go climbing is whenever one of our friends in plano has mm-hmm. a guest pass for me to join for free so mm-hmm. for example kenny or dustin or mm-hmm. those are the only two because they're the only two friends with memberships there i think so zach like, has it too he does oh I think so dang should have got him to come out there too but yeah for climbing i enjoy going it's, it's a fun hot not a hobby but a fun little thing to go and do here and there I, I mean, you saw I had my own rock climbing shoes because I was doing it frequently enough back in, shoot, what year? 2022. But all of 2023, I did not go climbing. So, eh, do you like climbing? 
would you uh pursue it more i thought i wanted to get into it more <clears throat> so when i was trying to leave uh powerlifting i wanted to one of the biggest reasons why i left powerlifting is because when you i was like so deep into it that um like everything mattered that i did in my daily life like if i was, if I was sitting for too long my lifts would get impacted if i was eating something something a different way my lifts would get impacted I, I wasn't allowed to like go climbing i wasn't allowed to like go hiking because like everything was impacting my workouts right uh and the competition aspect of it which like i was so even though like maybe my coach wasn't that strictler about it i just put it in my head that i couldn't do anything so uh, one of the reasons why i wanted to leave powerlifting was because i wanted to enjoy other sports right um and like experience other sports so uh, climbing was much on top of that list um i did it a couple times and i'm not the best at it but obviously like when you start you're not going to be best at anything right yeah. But the other part for me was the fear of, you know, just letting go from the very top or like slipping and falling and hitting your face on the like the sharp rocks or something like yeah. that's my worry of it. So it's like now I'm kind of like that with the same powerlifting mentality. But for motorsports, like I don't want to hurt myself right before uh, an event. Yeah, I will you know say, what I mean, like, uh, yes, uh, but it's funny you bring up like the uh, the fear of hurting yourself in motorsport. Mm hmm. I don't know, maybe it's the, uh, not placebo, but, like, the fact that you, I have a helmet on and I'm strapped in, seatbelt in, and, mm-hmm. like, in the in this metal cage that I don't feel the fear of getting hurt, mm-hmm. but I am fully aware that's because I have yet to actually get hurt uh, mm-hmm. in an incident. Hopefully that never happens, knock on wood. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. my desk is wood. Anyways, um, when it comes to rock climbing or snowboarding or skating, yeah, like, the fear of falling down and scraping yourself um it mm. just is it's in the back of my mind a lot more than it used to be yeah so i don't personally know of anyone that's been hurt in motorsports yes obviously like freak incidents happen where you know i think i forgot the name of the person but he uh got in an accident on the racetrack in his corvette right he his brakes failed he hit hit a wall he knocked down the car and the car caught on fire and the he was like behind a was it in good life? no this is not a good life but oh. he was like behind like a wall, so like the the corner workers couldn't see him either, and like he was just knocked on the car with the car on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his brother was like he has he hasn't gone around, so he his brother just was tried calling the corner workers, tried getting attention to it. Nobody was answering, so he just went on track in his SUV or something to to just say save him, right? Um, Dang. Okay. And yeah, I mean, like the guy was fairly burnt, uh, but his race suit and everything was uh, uh, saved him significantly. So that's like the only freak incident I know of personally of in motorsports. Obviously, there's, there's probably other incidents out there. Wait, too. what level of uh, motorsports? So you said it was so not in real life, but it was like GTA or something like that. I, I don't I don't remember where. I'll have to look this up. Uh, it's been a minute since I've uh, read read a story on that. Oh my god! I my head immediately went to the video game GTA Six. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You mean like Super Lap Battle? Like. I was like, no, 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 no. He's talking about the organization that controls Super Lab Battle. Uh, uh, oh, Global Time Attack. Yeah, yeah. Took me a little bit longer than I would like to admit to uh, come to that realization. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what else did we do this weekend? But yeah, so that, uh, going back to that, so like, oh. um, yeah, but like for climbing, for example, I've heard of a lot of people that have fallen a different way where they like hurt their tailbone or hurt their ankles or hurt their knees and and they like can't drive manual anymore. It hurts to drive manual and whatnot. So like I've heard of those incidents happening kind of often. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm a little, little scared of climbing. I guess. 
Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Uh, I definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. I will say, from uh, doing all the weightlifting with the uh, various bars and dumbbells, is that like the catalyst? Cat, not catalyst. Callus? Callus on my hands. Uh, they're pretty tough. Say it again. Calluses? Calluses, yes. There you go. I got you. Um, yeah, they're pretty good, because I very distinctly remember work, uh, rock climbing, getting to the point where, like, in the very beginning, it was very soft skin, and so it was very easy to go and build them up to the point where, like, the skin would rip, and that'd be very painful, but my hands right now, like, after rock climbing for what? We did it for about an hour, hour and a half yesterday. They're totally fine. I think nice. that's because of all the weightlifting. It's just built up over the past uh, year of lifting weights. Getting swole. There you go. Heck yeah. Trying. But yeah, what Anyways, else did you do this past weekend? I just want to say real quick, thank you, Dustin, for inviting Pheasant. Actually, it wasn't <laughs> invited. I, we invited him in the back end. We had to use him to uh, get in there. But yeah, anyways, thank you, Dustin, for coming out rock climbing. Uh, what else for the weekend? We went and watched Enzo. Enzo Ferrari, the Ferrari movie. Yeah. I want my $16 back. I did, too. That was a, that was a pretty whack movie, not gonna <laughs> lie. I, like... I actually forgot that even we, we even watched that movie. That's you how forgetful like, <laughs> that movie was. Um, how? No, yeah. no, 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 no. It was. It went from being a car movie or something along the lines of like really kind of like I first tried giving it a try of following along with the story and being invested with the characters. And for the most part, I was kind of there on the uh, on the fence of like being invested. But dude, after the very first crash, um, spoiler. We're gonna spoil stuff in this movie. So if you haven't seen Ferrari. Let's not spoil it. Skip it forward. No, it's fine. If I feel like people who listen to this also listen to uh, Eddie's and Devin's podcast okay. where they already uh, ripped it apart. Also, <laughs> I want to give people a fair warning of why not to watch it, especially okay. with kids. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, what took me out of the movie was the very first crash scene when they were out there testing and they hit the uh, the curbing. So like, the, they're going to the uh, test drivers going around the corner. He mm-hmm. understeers, understeers to the outside of the corner, hits the curb, uh, the curbing, mm-hmm. but then manages to go up like what 30, 50 feet in the air. Yeah, he just flies off like flies a rag out of the doll. car. Well, ragdoll physics that are borderline worse than what you would see in GTA Three. I kid you not. Like an old ass Grand Theft Auto video game Three had better ragdoll physics than what this car had. You know, like when you fly, fly when you're flying a plane in GTA and you jump out of the plane. Yes. That's kind of how it looked like. But it looked better than what the movie had. It was so bad. It was so bad. The CGI. <laughs> and the CGI, like, the CGI was borderline like Bollywood level. Yeah, seriously. It was yeah. a serious afterthought. And like for as many scenes as there were that included that CGI, mm-hmm. I was shocked that Ferrari, this multi-billion dollar company, or actually Pietro Ferrari, um, the son, that mm-hmm. was partially kind of part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, the Owner of Ferrari, I guess. Anyways, he's a multi ten percent of uh ten point two percent of Ferrari right now. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. how the heck did the, he go through this movie and not like drop another million to go and say make the CGI and at least these two critical scenes better? It was that curb stomp or uh cur- cur- hitting the curb and then hitting the random like road titty thingy in the road and <laughs> road <out> and titties. <laughs> well, like the little yeah. marker things that the lane separators. You mean road markers? Yeah, but okay, it wasn't a titty, but at the same time, like the road marker, like somehow managed to cut the tire, make the car go into spin, also managed to flip so high to hit the top 
of a uh, a, a, a telephone pole or electricity mm-hmm. pole, and then come back down and take out numerous spectators. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was cringy. And on top of that, okay, so the movie is rated R. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's listening, probably just Ravi. Time marker. But in any case, Ravi, please do not take your kid to anything rated R until they're at least. I don't know what sixteen. Whenever like you're at of age to go and watch Radar, there was there were kids down in what two three rows ahead. The of funniest us. part, okay. So the funniest part, yeah, like, on, I, I'm I'm sitting with uh, Raza, our other friend over there, right? And uh, we're hearing a kid talk throughout the whole movie, like loudly. He was the only kid in the entire theater. Yep. Um, and we're like, okay, I mean, it's funny. His kid was being funny, so we didn't really care. Um, and then like, well, in one of the scenes, like. The driver walks out with his raw cheeks out, right? Like a raw dog in, it in the scene. And me and Raza just like look at each other and we're like, is this R rated? Is, is there a kid here? And, then, <laughs> and I'm just like, what are the parents doing with this kid right now? With this like dude. Oh, we could all as- yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all like, assume. Go on. And, and then they just start like fucking. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but like they just start smashing mm-hmm. in the movie. And then the kid's just like watching them do it. Like, this is just. Yeah, I don't don't take your kids to a movie without checking the ratings. Agreed. And like, I actually went back and looked on IMDb uh, the next morning because I was telling my mom about all this. And sure enough, like, not only does it have the rating of the movie, but -hmm. also has like a separate parental guide where it will go through scene by scene of why, like, uh, the category is sex and nudity, and then it goes in that category. It goes and says like, hey. Uh, there are these five scenes where this is occurring. Like, as a parent, how do you not have the foresight to like, oh, this movie is rated R? Maybe it's just for like blood. My kids can handle blood, but let me verify if there's any kind of sex and nudity. And we could hear uh, during that scene that clearly the parent was trying to cover up the kid's eyes because you just heard the cur- the kid down the bottom start like screaming and like whining. So like he wasn't whining because he was like watching what's going on, mm-hmm. but like. <laughs> It was clearly like the sound of a kid who was like trying to move his head or move his parents' hand out of his eyes so you could see this, these two uh, adults um, wrestling in bed. Yeah. Like, totally <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, um, just wrestling. But don't yeah, watch. So, like, my, my biggest problem with that movie was that I just didn't get the plot. Like, what's the idea? What are they trying to tell us? Right? Like, do you. Ferrari okay. Yes, go on. Definitely had. Um, you know, a bad history of financials. And I think that's kind of yeah. what they were trying to tell us. But like, who cares? It's Ferrari. I, I want the top, the, the, the plot to be, or the plot of the story to be deeper than that. Like, why are there financial issues? I guess like what Ferrari had to go through, like how did Ferrari get to the point of being Ferrari? I think I, that's what I thought it would be of like, you know, how, um, how Ferrari started is what I would, I, I was thinking it would be and how it became a success story. That's what I thought it would be, and then it was just about financials and how they sucked and how he had an affair with another girl, and that was it. So that last piece, the affair with the other girl, uh-huh. you, looking back or thinking about the movie, I think the movie tried to be more about the kid, Pietro. Like, there were so many. There were so many instances where he said that he loved the uh, the mistress more than his actual wife, and he wished he was with the actual uh, mistress instead of the wife. He wanted yeah, but that's not movie-worthy. It is not. But I think that's what the movie was trying to convey is like legitimatize Pietro Ferrari's stake in the company. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's always been up to question of like he was a um, oh, what do you call it in Game of Thrones? A bastion or a, like an 
illegitimate son. Maybe okay. he was even trying to justify that his father wanted him to be in this position. That's my only, like, maybe, like, why they would go through all this effort of, like, this kind of a plot. Where there was, like you said, you're, you're absolutely right. There was no uh, zero to hero type of situation in the movie where, like, the entire movie was about them being in financial trouble. And at yeah. the end, they were still in financial trouble. If anything, they were in more financial trouble at the end of the movie than uh-huh. the beginning. So, like, they, didn't was, even, they didn't even talk about the deal that the, he made with, uh, was it Fiat? Yeah. Yeah, like they, they, t- they didn't even talk about that. They talked about like rumors of how they're going to sell to Fiat or, or uh, Ford or whatever, but the mm-hmm. deal never was shown in the movie and how it came to be. Yeah, I did, I, at the end of the movie, there was nothing that made me envy or admire Enzo any more than I did. Um, I, I, granted, I'm not someone who can afford a Ferrari in the first place, but if they're trying to now that out of the movie and like show it to uh, people, our uh, financial situation mm-hmm. didn't do anything for me to admire Ferrari or the family any more than it previously did. It, the only yeah. thing it taught me was that like, oh, Piero Ferrari has ten percent now. I had no idea that he was or how he was in this current position or like how mm-hmm. he became a son. But yeah, I the only takeaway for that is that if true that Enzo really wanted him to be like. The son and the uh, carry the torch of the Ferrari name. Mm-hmm. Well, message received, but I could have got that in a ten minute YouTube. Yeah, so actually, a lot of the the quotes that they they said in the movie, I learned those from Jason Camisa and Haggerty. In one of his videos, he goes and like gives us. Uh, I think it's like one of the icons uh, video that he made. He talks about mm-hmm. it, and he talks about how Ferrari was saying like the ox must pull the cart. Or, um, oh yeah, I remember that that line in the movie. That? What was the other quotes? I can't remember. But yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard them from Jason Camisa. And I kind of already knew about that. From it was the Haggerty. me. It was the ox pulls the cart and mm-hmm. win on Sunday and sell on Monday. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's right. That's right. There you go. Yeah, those are the two main quotes from the movie coming out of Enzo. I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. And you're right. I heard him from Jason. Yeah, in his videos. I highly yeah. recommend watching. Like, I think that I don't really watch YouTube anymore. But the only show on YouTube I watch is uh, Jason Camisa's anything with Jason Camisa. Jason Camisa on Haggerty's icons or head to head thing that he works on. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He is phenomenal. And his own podcast also is really good. If you haven't heard yeah. his podcast, uh, not that I should be, I should stop selling other podcasts on our podcast. I apologize. Eh, who cares? <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, basically the weekend. I had to drive up to uh, pick up my mother from the airport and. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some chores around the house, fix some toilets. Uh, nice. That's about it for me for the weekend. And then I drove the Focus back home. So the Focus is finally back here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Carol's wedding dress in the back of it the whole way down. Turns out I accidentally brought my mother's wedding dress as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Does it fit I mean, Carol? Uh, it's a little too long. My mom's a little bit taller than Carol. So, uh, no. Potentially. Moving on. Anyways. So, <laughs> what's the topic for today, dude? I think the topic today is you. You Me. and Marisa Motorsports and sponsorships? Do you want to focus more on sponsorships, or do you want to focus more on Marisa Motorsports? We can talk a little bit about both. Um, okay. So, yeah. I, I kind of want to touch on 
sponsorship and how you can approach companies a, a kind of like an educational podcast of if you're new into motorsports like how should you be reaching out to companies and how should you be getting sponsorships or partnerships with other companies to build that build your brand and help them build their brand so uh before i do that i think i'll ask you a question if okay. you wanted a sponsor from a company how do you approach them and then maybe i can go from there maybe i can support from there okay so i just want to say before we start i am not an expert and this may not apply all the time so yeah and i also want to add to the fact that like for as many stickers as, as i have going down my shopping list on the front and passenger side doors of my vehicle none of them are actual sponsorships they're all stickers that i used to cut my cricket so like i don't actually have a sponsorship now if i were yeah. to go and try to acquire one let's say i had recently bought a gr corolla and i want to uh go and get some discounted parts for this GR Corolla from, I don't know, a company called Marisa Motorsports. Since it seems it seems to be along the same line. They seem to uh, support the Toyota brand. In any case, I would go and first prove myself. Like, I have to go and bring something to the table for the sponsor for them to then give me their time mm-hmm. or their money or their parts. Uh, it's a give and take. It's a relationship going back and forth. So, mm-hmm. Really, I need to go improve myself with the GR Corolla. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, actually, maybe even not. Maybe I just started, and before I even had my first track day, I'm already trying to acquire a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Then, prior to that, I have to prove to them with my different track events that I've gone and done well in, or my media exposure, something that for the time they give me, it is going to be an investment for them in return, mm-hmm. whether that be in exposure. Or, well, yeah, I guess it's exposure. How do I answer that? Yeah, exposure. So visibility, visibility. Uh, I think if I were to actually do that in the first place, I'd put together a one page or basically a driver resume about myself. Yeah, a driver resume is actually really important. Um, I think. Uh, so if what helped me was that, well, first off, I think it's important to be unique. Everything yeah. you said is, is is correct, by the way. Like I think you need to be able to sell yourself and how what what you can do for them instead of asking them what they can do for you. Like correct. obviously there's, there's levels to it, right? Like what if you're mm-hmm. like if you have a half a million dollar uh, half a million subscribers or or million views per video or whatever, yeah, then then you can kind of talk to those companies and be like, Yeah, this is what I can provide for you. Uh, or yeah. like this what can you give me type of the conversations, right? But if you're mm-hmm. like us and average Joe Blow going to a company, like the conversation should be like, what can I provide you, not what you can provide me? Yep. That's how the conversation should start, right? Yep. Um, and that's where a lot of people, the, the newer people that do uh, ask for sponsorships that haven't had any track experience. I've had some people ask me for a sponsor from Marisa Motorsports, and I'm like, dude, like, I don't, first of all, I'm a new company. Like, I don't know if I can do that, do that for you. Um, I can maybe give you discounted parts, but that's pretty much it. But like, what can you do for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer is usually they have like 100 followers or they're just like 16 or 18 year old kids with a new car. Um, doesn't work that way. So first, I think you need to be unique and be different than most people doing the same thing. You need yeah. to stand out a little bit. So uh, for me, it worked out very, very well uh, that instead of going case swapping my FRS like every other person in the class, it's like there's so many case swapped eight yeah. sixes currently coming into the class and are already existing in the class. Yep, it's it's 
not unique anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, the GR86, at least in the top 10, top 15, it's still pretty unique. Like, I'm the only one that's doing it. That's doing it. So when I bought the car, when I, and I pitched to some sponsors or companies, I'm like, hey, like, this is what my plan is. This is what my experience is. Um, I want to partner up with companies to make this build a reality and um, go fast. You know, at first, it didn't work. Like, a lot of companies were like, eh, you're just another guy, right? You just ordered GR86. Yeah. Um, and then it started off with actually Apex. Apex Wheels is a pretty good partner of mine. And uh, the way it started was I was just posting my 86 uh, that when I first got it, and I, put, I was testing existing apex arc eights that i had on my uh frs and i was testing those out on the gr86 to see how it fits because the gr86 had some fitment issues with the wheels like the previous generation of wheels would not fit on the second gen because of the mm -hmm. rear uh quarter panel or rear knuckle design it's just makes a, a tight fit right? right so i was just testing out some wheels and seeing what fits what works what cambers and whatnot and uh they and i was tagging them i was tagging apex the entire time like hey i have apex wheels cools right they started messaging me, right? They started asking me questions about like the fitment and how it works, and because they were probably coming out with, I think they they were trying to come out with a, a wheel for the chassis specifically. I don't think they had access to the car yet at that time, so they were asking me questions about like what's uh, the Arc Eight Forty Two, like how does it fit? Do would you recommend? Blah blah blah. And I like was sending them detailed photos, uh, detail like what like math behind like what offset should be good for this car and whatnot. And uh, I think I recommended 45 to 50, somewhere in the middle, uh, offset for a 9-inch wheel. And they came out with a 17 by 9 plus 48 for the wheel, for the car, right? Hmm. Um, and when we were having this conversation, I, when, when I was having this conversation with them on Instagram, I kind of proposed the idea. I was like, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing with the car. Are you guys interested in partnering up and maybe doing some more development of the car? Um, yep. And that's where the, the partnership kind of came to be that is awesome okay right? i never knew what the actual backstory behind that so that's awesome yeah. here that, that so that's not that's just one example of a partner yeah. most partners partnering companies that i have right now they have reached out to me and i've kind of worked out with them like of okay like how can i help you in developing mm -hmm. these parts for the car how can i give you my knowledge on sharing this like what what works and what doesn't work um have you can i ask you a question yeah have you received any parts and we can cut this out of the podcast if uh, mm -hmm. it's a question you don't want to answer. But have you received any parts where you added onto your car um, and realized that, no, I don't like this part, and then, like, dropped communication with the, uh, with the vendor? No. I don't usually reach out to spot vendors or uh, companies I don't trust their parts with. Like, I don't, if I don't want to put their parts on my car, I'm not going to reach out to them or entertain them. Yeah, okay. I got, um, but have you received anything that you thought you would like and then later realized, ooh, I don't like this? Not really, no. Oh, it's cool. Now, everything that I have right now in my car, I like. And I do, I, it's, if it's on my car, I'm promoting it because it works. Yeah, 100%. That makes sense. Except right. for the uh, Toyota diffuser, the rear diffuser, because you cut that out. I'm just kidding. I'm just making it somehow trying to make a joke about how we both don't have rear diffusers on our vehicles anymore. Just the bumper cut, dude. Yeah. Just, just dude, mine, bumper off. mine flaps around so much in the wind, I realize. It moves around so much. I, I cut mine on the sides too, so it doesn't flap around. I, 
I thought about doing that, but I think mine would look really ugly if I did that. I think mine does look ugly. I think mine looks better. I agree. <laughs> but I think the exhaust helps. The Cobb exhaust. Yeah. Small plug. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of how Apex started for me. Um, going to how the many next... sponsors do you have? I have Apex. I have uh, Boosted Performance Tuning. They tuned my car for me. And then mm-hmm. I have um, uh, Counter Space Garage. I get my pads from them. Uh, and I'll sell their pads for them. Um, and then I have the uh, I had race comp engineering last year. I'm moving on to a different uh, suspension partner for next year. Um, yeah. Not because race comp engineering doesn't make good products. It's just that I need a better one. Um, <laughs> yep. And who else? Uh, Apex. I already said that. Uh, Boos, uh, BSP Motorsports. They're a shop here in Dallas. Uh, they do my alignments for me. Um, it's like a very small partial uh, sponsorship. It's not really a big one. Um, and then race spread, race spread components. I love dealing with race spread components. It's the nicest company I've ever worked with. Um, that cool. is awesome. I feel like I'm missing some. I always do this. <laughs> Damn, we got too many sponsors. You know, I bet Max Verstappen can't name off all the different sponsors on the Red Bull car. So don't feel yeah, bad. But I'm not Max Verstappen. Well, in Club TR at Laguna, you were. How? You got first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I, I am forgetting Zebulon. Uh, Zebulon isn't a sponsor necessarily, but I was their uh, first, the first car to have their product on my, uh, and I did help them develop. So good. Develop the, the stands for the for it, like the idea of the, how far wide it should be, and if we should go Swan Neck. So he did develop mm-hmm. that for me, and with my idea. Um, it came out really well. It came out really awesome. Well. The design is phenomenal. The stands are phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I got I got a pretty steep discount to get for that wing because I was the first one to do it. Good because those wings are not cheap. They're not cheap. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, like a lot of that would just a lot of my partnerships came from having a new car and having them uh, helping those co- companies out develop those parts. Um, and the, the the funny thing was maybe I'm gonna put someone on blast uh, one of the companies on blast here a little bit, but um, race comp engineering, right? Uh-oh. Uh So I remember asking them for a sponsorship or a partnership back in the day uh, when I had my FRS because I had just blown my shocks to bits, like literally it was just stuck in the decompressed uh, state, and the oil mm-hmm. was just spewing out of the coilover after my first ever time attack event with Gridlife at Autobahn. And I had another event two weeks from there at Gingerman. I had to get these coilers rebuilt ASAP. Yeah. And uh, I reached out to them. I was like, "Hey, would you guys be open to working together? Maybe you can get these rebuilt or whatnot." And uh, they're like, "No, like we don't work with, we don't sponsor anyone. Sorry." Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I like rightfully so. I don't judge them for it because I was a nobody. I am a nobody still, but like back then, I was even more of a nobody. Right? No, you were just a little picky. Paquita banana. That was uh, that was the inception a little of the Chiquita banana. You should have been a green GR. At, you were so small back then. All right, go on. <laughs> I like. Eventually, I'm gonna be overripe banana. I'm gonna be black. No, you just be your skin color and brown. bruised. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, you, <laughs> a little more rock climbing, and you might get bruised if you fall hard enough. There you go. 
right. So um, what did you do after? What did you do with your yeah. uh, coilover situation? So I I got uh, contact for KW. It's a PE Motorsports team. They used to work with KW, and are uh, they think they still do? So I got a contact information from KW from them, and KW like uh, rebuilt my coilovers within a day and sent them back for free. In a day. In a day. What? Holy. I, I shipped. I I shipped that to them, uh, and it took them. It took two days to get there. They rebuilt it within a day and shipped it out the same day. And I had it. They overnighted it to me. All I had to pay for was the overnight shipping. Damn, that is so good. Yeah, like uh, connections. I really does help too. Honestly. Wait. So, uh, sorry. Okay. So this was KW. So KW shocks is what you had to replace. You had so to replace race, race comp, comp engineering is a. Uh, they, they don't. They don't make their own coilovers. They take KW coilovers. They work with KW very closely, and they mm-hmm. valve them and differently for the Subaru and eight six chassis for their their unique products and how they exactly. want. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so, so KW basically barely does eight six and Subaru stuff now. They they kind of outsource it to race comp engineering at this point. Mm, okay. This is all good background inf- information for me to have because, mm-hmm. as I said, like I'm going to be driving the Focus out to the events, and I'm going to mm-hmm. leave it at the premium parking space that is uh, your place. Uh, between the events, flying back and yeah. forth, your sister's place, yes, the castle. Yeah. But something that weighs in the back of my mind is if mm-hmm. something goes wrong, mm-hmm. how am I going to fix it uh, quickly? So right now, I guess. It depends if something does go wrong. My game plan is to order a new part or, yeah, basically order the new part and fly in a day earlier than I would have to install that part, whatever goes wrong. If mm-hmm. it's something as simple as a shock replacement, yeah, I can easily do that uh, the day before. Yeah, and then Six Star Motorsports is over there to do alignments too, so it works out. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I don't mind doing my... I've done all my own alignments. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, but... uh. It would be ideal to go and have an actual company do it with mm-hmm. an actual machine instead of just road testing. Yeah. No plates. Well, cool. Uh, thanks. Okay, so that's Apex Wheels. That is race. Uh, well, uh, you yeah, have. And then, so on the race comp uh, story, mm-hmm. so continuing with that, so a couple of years go by and I have the GR86 now and then they wanted to share my posts and they wanted to, because uh, I knew I was working still driving on those race comp engineering coilovers on my 86 um mm-hmm. and they eventually like basically asked me like what does it have what does it take to work with you right what does it take to put like a big banner on your car mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the partnership started uh with them i'm not going to say the details of what that partnership was but uh mm-hmm. yeah like the they're great people uh and they have helped me out so much from set the, the car setup and the dynamics of the car of uh, you know what the rebound compression should be teaching me about you know different ways of the car if the car is handling a certain way like what should i be changing um the rack height uh not rack height uh the rake of the car uh, that i was having issues with it initially as well um so they, they've helped out significantly in the past year to help me set up these coilovers the, the correct way that is so cool that's yeah. great that you have a uh, great people that are helping you out and giving mm-hmm. you uh product feedback and setup feedback yeah, and clearly it's paying off for sure dude uh like I, everything that i've been able to accomplish uh, is is because of these great sponsors that we have that i have that are very communicative and have been helping out since uh day one 
um and then race spread cool. components too uh that's huge sponsor um how do you get it how did you get them on board sounds like uh race spread components are some of the i see them getting posts quite a bit from your instagram uh-huh. so what how did that relationship start so RaceBird is also a small business and they want to see other small businesses succeed. So that's where Marisa Motorsports came to play, right? And like I sell their splitters for them um, as well. Mm. So I'm a dealer for them as well. So it, it's um, because they have been so supportive of me in every step of the way, um, I've been posting them a lot as well. And in support, I'll give you one example. Um, I had just gotten my splitter blade, right? It yep. was deeply discounted, but still had to pay for it a little bit for it. Um, and I went, I was at Heartland. I don't know if you remember, my splitter fell off and it yep. got destroyed. <laughs> right? Yeah, I do recall that. Um, that was my first time ever running that splitter, and it was not cheap. And uh, they were, they found out about it. They messaged me. They were like, don't worry about it. We'll send you another one for free right now. We want you running our splitter at Laguna. Holy crap, that is so cool. Like, no questions asked. And I was like, that's that's amazing. Just, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, from just casual conversations, from sending like a small gift for Christmas, uh, um, from sharing Marisa Motorsports or uh, supporting Marisa Motorsports as well. They, they have been phenomenal. That is great to hear. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, you got any other sponsors you want to shout out and dive into how the relationship started? Oh, and, and then. How race spread started? Uh, so I was running my splitter, homemade splitter, and with professional awesome mounts, right? And uh, I was also going back and forth with them, sharing pictures of how I was I had my splitter mounted, and that's kind of how it started. It was just, uh, you know, I shared some feedback, shared what I was running, how I built my setup, and then they used that to design their own stuff too. I mean, they probably I think they already had the design ready to go. Uh, yeah. They just wanted some confirmation of like how I was running it too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Huh. Right. Um. Okay. Got anybody else you want to shout out? Uh, who else? I'm giving them all shout outs on my Instagram this week. So, uh, if I do forget someone, they're all coming. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, your, your Instagram is reaching far, far further than what this podcast probably is going to reach. So don't worry. Probably. Uh. And yeah, the the gist of it is. Uh, sorry to cut you off again. Oh, is just. Be able to be ready to um, give your experience or show who you are. To be able to sell yourself to the company is really important. Who you are as a person is very important. Um, I'm I'm trying to get more sponsors on board, like SBL, Inertia Labs, and all those guys, um, to, to get a better suspension setup going for the car. And I think it's really, really important to like. First of all, if they say no, it's okay. Like they're still a good company, right? They might just have other bigger fish to play with, um, if that's a term. But uh, yeah, like just just ask them for it. Show them who you are. Set up a phone call and see if they're willing to work with you. What can you sell them? For for me, what's been really beneficial is is Grid Life. Honestly, like Grid Life. If it wasn't for if I wasn't competing in Grid Life, I would not have all, any of these sponsors. Yeah, quite honestly, like uh, yeah, Grid Life doing I, this locally, doing autocross <laughs> events in uh. Somewhere between Dallas and Austin, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, those events and those kind of ex- those events simply do not get the kind of exposure that mm-hmm. Grip Live gets. Just being, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Maybe NASA, maybe SCCA at the national. Actually, yeah, SCCA at the national level 
NASA at the national level, yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're just doing it at the local, then realistically, the only sponsors you're really going to be able to acquire are going to be local sponsors. That's if that. At, at best. Yeah. So I agree. I would add the other part that uh, kind of really helps out with gaining sponsorships is mm-hmm. being genuine. And being mm-hmm. genuine, and what I mean by that is being genuine with the uh, relationship. Um, yeah. I'll give a small uh, shout out to like Brian Tyson at JST. Like, he is a huge part as to why I'm going for this full 85 uh, set up on the focus for this upcoming season. And I always wanted to go full 85, and I 100% would have gone full 85 at full price, and I was fully expecting to. But when I had reached out to him and asked him, hey, like, what parts do you recommend? Uh, what fuel, fuel pump, what injectors, um, anything else I should go and do to the car in order to, like, be ready for full 85? He not only gave me the part numbers and suggestions of, like, the intercooler and uh, wastegate actuator, mm-hmm. but on top of that, I will. He also gave, he's going to tune the car for free, which nice. I, did, I honestly did not ask for. And, but hopefully he did that out of the kindness of his heart because of, uh, I think we're at the point where we're friends. And so, like, mm-hmm. every time we're at an event together, we're going, talking, hanging out. But it's yeah. because of a genuine relationship. And I tried to, like, make sure that whenever there's something on the car that is a result of work that he has done, I go and shout out to him. And then anytime someone is asking any kind of tuning question or tuning recommendation or site to go and purchase a part from, I'm always tagging uh, Brian mm-hmm. in those comments and like telling people, hey, go to him. Because he has been nothing but incredible. Um, and his yeah. expertise definitely does show it. And on top of that, where else was I going with this? I'll end it there. Um, he is incredibly great. And I think that's because of a genuine care for for me i actually do care about him doing better i want to see him succeed because i haven't found any other tuners that uh have done as great of work as he has uh so i want to see him succeed and Mm -hmm. hopefully he is reciprocating that maybe that's what why he's doing so i haven't actually asked him yeah i mean you were his customer first yeah, right. Yeah, so he, he you that showed him cool. that like you're not messing around. First of all, like you're actually interested in his products. Yep. And then you kept giving him shout outs, and the relationship kind of built from there. And then now you guys are working together, kind of. Yeah. It was very natural for me. That was a very natural example, natural yeah. uh, progression. Yeah, I was a, I was paying full price up until mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, so, and yeah, that's how out. it goes. Absolutely. Uh. So. You got any new parts coming this season? You've been uh, dropping um, tidbits here and there uh, for the past couple of podcasts. New. So I'll uh, unofficially announce on the podcast. I got some. Oh wait! Oh wait! When do you want to officially do this? I was going to announce uh, after I had shared all my Instagram posts to giving shoutouts to my old sponsors. Oh yeah. You want me to hold off on posting this podcast until you do that? Nah, it's all good. It's gonna okay. be probably like next week. So if someone's listening to the podcast, they get a, a uh, first view of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I partnered up with Inertia Labs here in Dallas. Um, and it's Chris Hagen, he was in FSAE as well at UT Arlington. That's kind of how I like started to, I found out about him. And then he worked at AST Motons, um, where he used to build, I think, build or design suspension for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started his own company called Inertia Labs, where he rebuilds coilovers and so it does set up and does revalves, uh, 
um, and he has been promoting Nitrons for the 8.6 chassis. Uh, our One of our other friends, Nick Allen, he is in Washington running Nitron R1s on his car as well, on his 8.6, mm-hmm. and both him and other buddy, buddy Carl, uh, they both rave about the coilovers. So I was always like interested in them. And then, um, yeah, so I just wanted to give him I should give it, give him a try. I'd reached out to Chris. I was like, "Hey, like I'm interested. I need someone local as well to help me set up the suspension uh, yep. the right way." And uh, he recommended between R1 and R3. If we were to go R3, then that would be three ways. But he would lock the high speed compression. Um, uh, but that is just like too expensive. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so, R only allows two ways. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's why. But uh, I talked to him, and then he convinced me on the R1s, which is one-way coilovers. Um, so it's just rebound adjustment. Um, it's the way he kind of sold it to me on those was uh, it's just set it and forget it setting, uh, and just go have fun and not have fun, but like you don't have to worry about setting, moving around, uh, suspension stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm gonna install. So I got the wrong spring rates for the rear. I'm waiting on new spring rates to come in before I can install that on the car. When did you uh, realize it was the wrong spring rate? It wasn't the, the necessarily the wrong spring rate. It was just, I think, miscommunication on both of our ends of like what we were looking for. Oh, and then Nitron as well, since it was like during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like it, the, I got the spring rates I didn't want. It's too close. I think it's so right now. I have a. Uh, 10k front and i have 10 and a half k rear which is barely a difference and i want the rear to be much stiffer um mm, okay or the front to be a little bit softer so i, I want like a 2k to one and a half k gap between the two okay and it, uh, so i'm getting that, yeah uh like is that you want that kind of diff- uh difference because it like makes the car the most playful for you and the way you drive or it it really helps the rotation of the car uh, okay yeah, with the wing too, uh, where the wing is massive, so it's gonna push down a little bit. What kind of spring rates should people go for if they did not have a wing? Uh, I would just go with the square setup, like a 10k, 10k, depending on coilovers, obviously. Right. It varies. Uh, but if you're intro to close to uh, intro to HBDE or something like that, I would go with the 7k to 8k square setup. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, most coilovers are actually not their max limit of on valving is like ten or eleven k. Most of the off the shelf coilovers. Really? Huh. At, at least for the eight six, I think. So, like the race comp engineering T twos that I was running, uh, yeah. I was I was at the max limit for those. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That is super interesting. Yeah. I will honestly say, like I've said it here before, my uh, coilovers on the Focus are. Not the not the ideal coilovers. They are they're sufficient. I they ride better than the stock, mm-hmm. um, and they get the job done. But I definitely will be looking to the coilovers, maybe next year or the year mm-hmm. after. Um, so I need I just need to do my homework and see if DSC is really the way I want to go, or if there's another company that would be more uh, sufficient. But yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell the difference that a good set of coilovers can do as by the mm-hmm. way that. Uh, people leave me in the dust sometimes. Yeah, I mean, a good coilovers will do a pretty big number on your car. 
because uh, right now you have petters, which are like eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollar intro coilovers. They're they good, honestly. They're really good for what they are. Um, but uh, for or they're really good for the cost. But yeah, I do recommend yep. going for a better coilover. Oh, I completely agree. Hey, maybe we can set you up with some nitrons. I would not be opposed to looking into them. Yeah. How much was I'm they set also back? I'm also a dealer now for uh, inertia labs. Ooh. So yeah. how would that uh okay, we'll have to take this offline because I definitely want to be uh on the radar for whenever the time does come. Mm-hmm. Like uh, eh, yeah. I'll be on the radar. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, another I guess thing that helped me get my sponsorships or partners or whatever you want to call them is I, I started my own company for Marisa Motorsports, right? Like I yep. do consultation for setting up eight sixes and I also uh, sell parts. I don't charge anything for consultation at, right now. It's just you know, message me. I'll help you out. Set up whatever your car, whatever, however you want your car to be. Give you advice on what you should be doing, and then you just buy parts for me. That's kind of how it works. Um, hmm. And it's it helps because then now I can like reach out to these companies that are partnering that want to partner up with me. It's like, hey, another benefit of partnering up with me is that I can market your products and sell them for you as well. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, awesome. Yeah. So, um, hmm, where do you go from here? So, like, you gain these current sponsorships uh, mm-hmm. that you currently have, and you have your own company. What's the next? What would you like to see yourself? What kind of relationships do you want with sponsorships? Uh, come by the end of this year. Like, what know. do I want to accomplish with them? Yeah, or. I guess you kind of already kind of dived into that you want the sponsorships to support your car, but also have your site, Marisa Motorsports, will be an opportunity, a location, mm-hmm. a landing page for those parts as well. So that way, and that's one a great way that you can sell yourself or gain uh, sponsorship mm-hmm. is by not only are you able to show off the parts on your car, mm-hmm. but then you can also have another location for those companies to sell their parts yeah so i have a, a on my website i'm building a, a a page where i'm recommending all the products that i or i'm are showcasing all the products that are run on my car a lot of times i get questions like do you have a bill journal like what have you done to your car do you have an excel sheet with all your parts on it and I'm, mm-hmm. i don't like sharing that because i wanted to build that that page where i have all the parts listed of what i yep. have on my car and then if it doesn't fit your budget, I have alternate uh, alternates in there as well. Uh, so people can like, okay. okay, like let's say if someone doesn't want to buy nitrons, right? If they can't afford four or $5,000 coilovers. Okay, well, what's your budget? It's, if it's between three below 3,000, here's what I recommend. If it's below 2,000, here's what I recommend kind of thing. Yeah. But this is what I'm running on my car and you can buy it here. Hmm. Pretty sweet. So this uh, showcases the products of my partners, partnering company. Yep. yep. And then it also helps me sell them too. Okay. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. Anything uh, else you want to on? As far as like what I there was a future hold. Um, yeah. I would really like the top three in the season. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. And then as far as more partnerships or sponsors, I'm uh, uh, honestly anything to make make me fast or anything 
exciting or new technology coming out for the car. Like, for example, right now, uh, Zestec Racing is another company that I've uh, partnered, up for tw- partnered up with for 2024. Um, they have, so you know how like you have, your car has buttons? Your steering, wheel has, <laughs> or your steering wheel has buttons? My car, yes. My wife's car, no. For anyone who did not get that joke, my wife drives a Model 3. Does she not have buttons on the steering wheel? She has roll wheels on the uh, steering wheel. Yeah. But and anyways. They, they do click in, yes, but like, yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so there's the different buttons on on the hub. It's, it's a quick release system where you can program the buttons to with the, with the can to do mm-hmm. whatever you want it to do, whether it's, uh, you know, you, you can use it as a communication tool for your people that you, that are your, uh, in the pits with, your team, you know, like I'm pitting in or whatever, or like radio communication or uh, yeah. changing the tune or um, turning, changing the, or if you just want to use an OEM hub, it's, yep. uh, you know, it'll have the back button, it'll have the call button, it'll have the, 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 the uh, cruise control or whatever, that you lose all of that when you go to an aftermarket steering wheel. Yep, I got you. So now you get that in aftermarket steering wheel too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a yeah. seen something similar for the uh, the focus. Well, mm-hmm. wait. So these are actually like these are not the OEM buttons on the steering wheel. These no. are steering wheel buttons that are then they're then RGB. Mapped. Oh, it's RGB. colorful. Uh, let me send oh, you a picture. It's just like our uh, microphones. Yeah. Everything's going RGB for me right now. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, Google Zestec Racing steering wheel. If you can hear me typing, I'm sorry. It's not that loud. I'll show you. Okay. Yeah, ASM is running the this on their cars as well now. Ooh, okay. Let me go uh, to the chat. You want to take this as an opportunity to uh, let people know if they are interested in joining this like live recording of the podcast so they can actually like see stuff as we're looking. It's actually on Discord. So I'll probably just I'm just gonna paste it into the podcast uh, show notes. So if anybody ends up wanting to join while uh we're recording so we can see links at the same time, uh feel free to join. Yeah. Wait, what the heck is this? That's a steering wheel? No, that's the hub. And you mount the steering oh. wheel to it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So oh. this is pretty cool example oh dude that's so cool yeah it's super cool i mean it won't make me fast but, uh, but it's a cool to, technology like, that I, like to yeah. try, we tried to describe i mean you already did describe it but it basically is like a uh, a base where it has the buttons and the buttons are led rgb and then whatever steering wheel you have mm. oh wait hold on what kind of a steering wheel can attach can any aftermarket steering wheel attach to this thing i am i literally have no idea how aftermarket steering wheels work Do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, sounds like our soul. You cut out there for a second, but aftermarket steering wheels are all universal. So you can, it's, it's just a hub. You know how like you buy an NRG hub? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like an NRG hub with all these buttons. Uh, okay. Well, cool. So yeah, I didn't know you could just like get that kind of, uh, of a back, backing thing and attach your uh, steering yeah. wheel. Yeah, it's it's a very very new company. There's only two out there right now, uh, and they're mainly focused on high higher end cars, uh, like M3s, M4s that would probably need it more than the 86 would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool product. It's not cheap. That's the only side downside of it. 
Um, <laughs> it's about it's about fourteen hundred dollars. Oh, jeez. Um, well, hey, that's cheaper than the thirty thousand uh, dollar F one racing wheel that all these F one drivers are using. But thirty grand for an F one steering wheel? That might be on the low end. F one. Now, apologies yeah. on my end if you can hear me typing. F one steering wheel. Uh, add in price to the end. That'll help out the Google search. Uh, uh, Google AI is also looking up. What? No, wait. Four hundred bucks. That doesn't make sense. You're looking at it from like Fanatec, like the sim racing wheels. No, I meant like the actual wheel Pause that like podcast happen. <laughs> well, we while we Google search this, we're pausing this. No, wait. Okay, yeah. If you want to be a fanatic, fanatic, fanatech steering wheel for your sim rig, then yeah, it'll be like five hundred bucks. Okay, yeah, here. Nice, Speedway nice. Media reports that one Formula One steering wheel costs between forty thousand and a hundred thousand. Ah, shit. For the right. wheel. Uh, have you heard of Driver Sixty One on change. YouTube? Heard of who? Driver Sixty One. No, I haven't. YouTube. Oh man, he puts out some really good content covering F One and F One cars and anything mm-hmm. and everything Formula One. He covers it, and he's also doing a uh, build series right now, just like any other YouTuber out there. No, but uh, his build series, he is building a tunnel where he can actually drive a Formula One car upside down. He it wants to drive he, a Formula One car upside down? Yeah, because like, remember how uh, there's that saying that Formula One dr- cars make so much drag, or drag, they have down to do so much downforce that they could drive upside down. Well, At he a certain wants- speed. Well, yeah. And so what he is doing is he's uh, working with several different companies, and he is building a platform. Where he will be able to drive the car and uh, he'll be going on the normal ground, coming mm-hmm. to this contraption, and then, like a tunnel, go up along the side and up to the top. And so I assume that in order to get to the top, he's got to go like pretty quick to get up there. But uh, it's half a tunnel, and he needs to go, I think, 500 meters upside down is the goal, or five seconds. Maybe it's five seconds. I think five seconds is the goal. Uh, just to be able to go drive up to down for five seconds and come back over. But it's requiring all this unique engineering between uh, the actual platform because whatever, like the bracing, between the bracing, it could cause, uh, like the joist could cause the car to get upset and upset yeah. the aero balance and then he would fall onto his face or his head. Um, yeah, I'll send you the link. It is such yeah. a unique build series. He hasn't, I have not seen him do it yet, but he's trying. Uh, this reminded me of a Top Gear episode where Jeremy Clarkson went upside down in a tunnel in a Renault Twingo. He did? Oh, I need yeah. to watch that. I have not he, seen that one. He, he did a flip. He didn't actually drive upside oh, down. He just, he, just went, he just went around <laughs> it and like flipped the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy, he's actually trying to drive upside down for five seconds in a Formula One car, an older Formula One car. Nice. Uh, and it's requiring some unique engineering because also like the engine needs to run differently because the yeah, engines are the, the oil is designed to be on the bottom, not on the top. Yeah, so the pickup tube needs to be at the top. Uh, yes. Well, no, it needs to be able to do both. It needs it, to start driving like on normal ground, but then the engine needs to be oh, to okay. the oil to from the, to right, the top back exactly. to the bottom. It needs uh, to do both. It's going to be interesting to see. Oh, man. All right. Uh, 
Any more topics for today, Fez? You know, I have some time. You want to get into some questions? We have some remaining questions from uh, oh, yeah. last time. You got one uh, fired up that you want to bring on board? Mm, no, I don't have anything open right now. Bro. Uh, oh, Mauricio Garzo. He asked, if you could get a brand sponsor for your podcast, who would you want and why? That's Ooh, okay. This is, this is a very fitting question for uh, the topic for today. But yeah. More specific to like the podcast itself, not mm-hmm. to the cars. Hmm. Who would you want? I don't have anyone on top of my mind right now. Oh, shit, I don't sorry. really... <laughs> You're fine. I've not thought about it. I would like... I mean, I would like to get paid for this time that we're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it would take to get like Spotify themselves on board to uh, be a sponsor. But a essentially, it would be like an ad where you go and like advertise the fact that there's the uh, platform Spotify for podcasters. Oop, and I just blew it by hitting the microphone. I did the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> I took a note of that to uh, try cutting it out. Yeah. I may or may not actually do it. But that would be one. I would try to get. I would like to have Spotify on here since it's applicable since a podcast mm-hmm. company. Celebrating a podcast. Oh my god, Discord is firing off. I need to mute them. Getting really annoying on my my end. Um, uh, hmm? What's going I keep on? Hear- oh, uh, I keep the- hearing the, the Discord ding. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Grid Live Street Class is going bonkers again. I have that muted. I have all of it muted. <laughs> Can I um, mute? Yes. So getting a sponsorship oh, with Spotify is actually, I think, very difficult because Dax Shepard. Uh, if you don't know him, he is an actor and married to um, Kristen Bell, who is also he was the voice of uh, no, not Let It Go, one of the Frozen actors. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so really famous people. He has his own pop- podcast called Armchair Expert, and I think he just now recently got sponsored by Spotify. Dang. And he's had like the CEO of Ford on there. He's had everyone, all the A-list celebrities on there, and everything. So. Well, okay, that's pretty wild because uh, Slipingle, they, uh, Abe, he is at the beginning of most of their Slipingle podcast episodes, he is advertising Spotify for podcasters. And Slipingle isn't that big. I mean, they're big in our world, but they're not big in the world of Spotify. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, Abe and Adam, like on their Slipingle podcast, they have three different ads before they even start the actual podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're doing really, really well. Who else would be interesting to have on here? I would like to collaborate with other uh, podcasters. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up. So, uh, PRI 2024 would be a dream to go to with other podcasters. Like, I would love to go and have a booth with other podcasters at PRI. And Mm -hmm. it's uh, not an original idea from me, per se, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's an idea from DJ and Tom on their Lizard Brains podcast, where they had brought it up. I think it would be so much fun to go. Granted, uh-huh. the podcasters that they went and said that they would like to do it with, uh, of course, we did not get mentioned. They mentioned like Flip Angle, Track Walking, maybe 10 Tents. I don't know if they did 10 Tents podcast. But yeah. in any ways, it would be a lot of fun. I honestly, even if we don't get invited to the party, I just want to go to PRI 2024. I want to go to PRI 2024 as well. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, a collaboration with other podcasters would be pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely want to collaborate with Lizard Lizard Brains and also uh, Eddie's yep. podcast, The Backseat Driver. Yes. Yeah, we should. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. we we had to take her truck mudding. 
we have to go to Mudbog with your truck because at Eddie's and Devin's last podcast, Eddie said that he wants to go to a uh, Mudbog, and I kind of told him that we would take your truck. Did they agree? Of course they did. We just need you to agree. Okay, let's go. Fuck yeah. We can go just, to the, oh, okay, uh, no, hold on. I got, I got yeah. some. Ex- okay, no, you heard it here first, okay. Eddie and Devin. There's nothing else no. to hold on to except your ass when you go through the mud with Fez's truck and he jumps like three feet through the air because he said, I think I could do it. And his intrusive thoughts won. Listen, okay. listen. I don't care about taking the truck mud bogging. I really don't care about that. Well, as long as we get it washed properly. You just care about Toyota knowing that you did it. Oh, I don't even care about that. Okay, never mind. So. Ravi had a baby shower right at his uh, father-in-law's ranch and it was Mm -hmm. quite muddy that event Mm -hmm. and I took my truck through all the mud and there was a bunch of mud on my truck and after I came back home you know when you're sitting the truck kind of the the mud just kind of fell off of the truck onto the street as it does and as it does Uh, and I was just waiting for you know rainstorm to come by and like clean it off and whatnot but excuse me Um, but it didn't and HOA finally got to me, <laughs> and HOA was like, "You have to be, you have to clean up your own part of the street, right?" Yeah. And uh, so I had to clean that up yesterday. <laughs> I was like, out there with a broom <laughs> and just picking up the mud and throwing <laughs> it in the trash, and then like uh, wash the whole street down, only for it to rain this morning. <laughs> like literally, was- I went through all that trouble, and it rained this morning. What you did is you went through the soap and scrub procedure, and then the rinse procedure happened this, today, this morning. I was so annoyed. No, I rinsed it. I like. <laughs> I, no, I got... that's not that's not rinse. Okay, uh, the rain today was the uh, the soak free, not soak free. What it's a post spot, post it's rinse spot, or whatever. The spot free rinse is the last uh, procedure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So I was kind of annoyed about that. So I don't want to deal with that again. But oh, I'm down to go. Yeah, we would definitely take care of uh, cleaning up your truck prior to getting it home. Uh, Eddie and Devin, fly out to Texas. We'll go mud bugging. Let's do it. Actually, I told Eddie we would just drive the truck through the uh, the pond at Gingerman. So Midwest, okay, what? We're gonna do it. Yep, we're gonna do it there. No, that you can just drive around the edge. You know when Zach jokes about a Toyota just air dropping me a new truck? That's not real, right? We haven't. That you haven't. Uh, you have not needed a new truck yet, so uh, we will. Oh, so you're saying that. if I just call Toyota up right now, if, if I get an accident, they'll just airdrop me a new truck? No, you send them the link to the grid life stream of your truck floating in the middle of the pond, and then you say like, "Hey, uh, I need we would get Toyota. kicked out so fucking fast for that." <laughs> <laughs> and that pond is so nasty. Yeah, I believe it. I've only it's, been there the one time in 2021, and I didn't go near the pond. I just saw the cars parked over there for the car it's, show. It's a, the water just stands still. It doesn't go. <laughs> it doesn't come in. It doesn't leave. Like It's just there for years now. I keep saying Midwest. I need to verify if uh, Eddie and Devin are even going to go to Midwest. They're going to Midwest. Both of them? Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That's an update uh, to share. So, what events did you get into for uh, Gold Pass? That happened since the last time we recorded. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I got into all of them. Same. I don't know how it happened. It was it. I think we're pros at picking up um, tickets, uh-huh. not because of Taylor Swift, but because of college. Like college signing up for classes, you had to be there spamming F five on like two different computers that your hands were on to go and sign up for the classes and put your name down. 
it was the same thing. You just I I had a meeting at moment. eleven at eleven o'clock, right? I'm with a senior manager. I moved that meeting. I was like, I don't care. I don't want to talk to you right now. I need to get this thing done. I, and then I blocked my calendar off from 1045 to 1115. And I was like ready to go refreshing at 1059 until it hit 11. And yeah, I got all of them. Like I already knew which ones I wanted to go to, which was um, RevUp, Midwest Fest, Mid-Ohio, Road America, and Lime Rock. And I got all of them. Nice. I am doing all of those except for Lime Rock. Dude, uh, I think Peter, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Peter here. He was pretty upset about this. Where oh, yeah. He didn't get in to anything? anything, really. Uh, I think he got into some events, but he had a meeting over that time. So he he got he joined like at 1130. He started trying to see what was available and everything was sold out. But I had heard that at, at uh, 1 o'clock was like the second chance. So 1 p.m. He, it get, was... he got a second chance, but he still didn't get everything. Oh my god, that's unfortunate. So I don't know how Grid Live is going to fix it, and they apparently have tried selling it the Gold Pass separately from the events in previous years. Mm-hmm. But in my head, that sounds like it'd be better. Like have mean? this. Uh, what I mean is like in the situation where like if you want to go and spend two hundred dollars up front mm-hmm. to gain the Gold Pass perks, so you can you you could do that, and then if you do acquire the Gold Pass perks, then that would give you some kind of like. Well, I was going to say a guaranteed into the events that you want, but that also doesn't really make sense because say all say you had 50 gold pass spots for Midwest. Okay. You could only theoretically then sell 50 gold passes because if you sold any more, then you no longer can guarantee that every gold pass person gets into Midwest. But you still may want to okay. sell gold passes for the other events throughout the season. So. I don't know. It's a tough situation, and I don't envy. What do you mean? I don't. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I was gonna say is that, like, I do not envy the Grid Life staff for like this dilemma that they have with selling gold pass. Dude, the craziest thing is that this is not cheap. No, I dropped thirty-seven hundred dollars on tickets. I did right? twenty-six hundred. Yeah, so it's not yeah, cheap. That might be. That might be before tax. It was That's like, probably before taxes and fees. Yeah. Probably spent close to three thousand. It um, was pretty close. Yeah. So like we're spending upwards of three thousand dollars on these tickets, and everyone's just going crazy after them. Like nobody cares about financial stability at that point. Everyone's just ready to charge their cards. <laughs> like that's insane it, to me. It is. You, like they do what is recession? Plan. They do have a payment plan for thirty five x thirty five. Yeah, but it's still twelve hundred dollars a month for three months. Yeah, that's that rent for a lot of people. Yeah, what I will say, what is really annoying, and I agree for a lot of people, is incredibly annoying, is that it seems like a lot of people have gone and purchased a gold pass to uh, guarantee their spot into a very specific event, Midwest, mm-hmm. for example, and now they're trying to sell off the other events. Like, oh, I'm going to go and sell. Uh, I got into Midwest, Thunder Hill, and Pit Race, but I need to sell Thunder Hill and Pit Race. I'm like, bro. No one's going to trade, and they're trying to trade with other people, or, um, by, sorry, they're trying to sell Thunderhill, which is far too early uh, in the season. Like, there's going to be open tickets probably the week of, realistically, yeah. because of how far how far the event is from the Midwest core. We'll see how mm-hmm. uh, attractive Grid Life is to the actual California group. Hopefully they are. Mm-hmm. But in any case, it is just incredibly bothersome how people are buying gold passes. And hoarding. Then, 
selling, yeah, hoarding, hoarding the passes, or vice versa, where they, uh, and it sucks, and I understand, like, in the moment, you probably uh, freaked out and, like, want to guarantee your spot, but, like, it really does mm-hmm. suck that some people went and bought two gold passes uh, yeah. to go and guarantee their spot. So it was like, you bought six races to go, and you're only intended to go to three, so now you have to go and sell, or you're not trading, you're definitely selling. And so I know uh, in the in uh, some of the messages that the Grid Life stat have stated that for next Gold Pass season, they are tracking who is selling their races because there's going to be some kind of a cap, like a sell cap, mm-hmm. where it prevents these kind of scalpers from like acquiring numerous races and blocking out other people just Mm -hmm. so uh yeah the scalpers can get into the the events that they want the one or two events that they uh truly desire yeah because it really i mean to be fair i i did get lime rock uh as like a backup event um what do you mean backup so i don't know if i'm gonna go to lime rock yet yeah but you uh true but also you did it because you're not necessarily concerned about you didn't pick up Lime Rock in an effort to go and guarantee two other races. You picked up Lime Rock to potentially guarantee another opportunity to confirm season points, right? Uh, it was more just the distance. Like for me, I like I did the same thing with Laguna last year, right? I always say that I don't know if I'm going to do these events, or I no, actually I did the same thing with Mid Ohio last year, where I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can, I want to go, but like I don't yeah, know. But you ended up distance. doing it. But I ended up doing it anyways. So that's kind of how high I'm like. I was like, I'm gonna do it. If I buy it, I'm most likely gonna do it. So it's just like a motivation for me to do it. Oh, I thought it was more of a motivation or a, more of a opportunity to guarantee points. Where if like by the end of Road America, if you're not mm. sitting where you want to be in season points, then you would go to Lime Rock to try to get more points or try to better your position uh, mm. because they only take the top four finishes of the season. Yeah. So for that, if I'm really con- worried about season points i would rather go to laguna i would say yeah less really competition at laguna than lime rock i think there's gonna be even less at thunderhill yeah but thunderhill isn't uh counting for 2024 what the fuck yeah it, it's Sorry, only it, counting this podcast is rated r by the way <laughs> don't make sure your kids aren't listening <laughs> <laughs> uh no, Thunderhill is only really? for 2025. It'll count for 2025 points. What the? That's very confusing. Yeah, it counts for 2024 points for the West Coast Championship. But it counts for 2025 season points. For the National Championship. That is so confusing. Why? I don't know. I'm trying to like find uh, this these rules. Anyway, don't worry about it. Okay, so okay, yeah. so never mind. Don't do Thunderhill this year. I would I do uh, Laguna because Laguna is like a fun track and is a good event. And then I think the only competition that I really have at Laguna is is Peter. True, he would definitely want to go back. And he he's he was pretty close he's to my good. record. Oh yeah, did he uh guarantee? Well, never mind. Okay, I would I would go to Laguna if you were down to split the drive with me. Otherwise, I'm not going. Um, I probably not. I'll just. Say I'm not no. going. Yeah, sorry. You got to kind of guarantee your uh, race wins in the first uh, five races that you attend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's all good. Uh, yeah. So that was the uh, most recent 
Gridlife update is the fact that Gold Pass got released and Fez and I were able to guarantee our spots into the main four races we want to go to, Rev Up Midwest, Mid-Ohio, and Road America. Uh, yeah. How we, how I get there, driving the car up and flying back and forth, Fez will basically do the same thing, but tow it. Um, and to end the podcast, just want to recap on sponsorship aspects of things. Yeah. Be nice. Let them know what you can do for them before you ask them what they can do for you. Yeah. And just be a genuine person. Build connections, network with people, come to these events like Grid Life, go to events like PRI, network, and that will, that is what, don't be an awkward person, and that's what's going to get you sponsorships and partners. That, that last part is not true. You are a very awkward person, Fez. Thank you. <laughs> I was very curious to see how you would react to that. But I get what you're saying. Like I didn't know just, how to react to that. <laughs> See, that's why you're awkward. I'm kidding. <laughs> we're all we're all awkward in our own ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said there. And the main thing is like be human and also don't go to these companies looking at them like it's not your money, it's company money. These companies are the livelihood of people. So they are human beings and you really need to speak to them and treat them like actual human beings and realize that it's a it's a give and a take. You're taking from them, so you have to give something back in order for them to be invested in sponsoring you. Did I say that all? Any uh? Did I say that yes, all? sir. Cool. Cool. All cool. Right. Cool. Okay. Well, Good hey, podcast. that was a pretty solid podcast. Gonna get to editing. I'm gonna try to push this one out tonight. Alrighty. Well, see you guys in the next one. Yep. See you at the next one. Hit us up on the uh, DMs if you uh, want us to uh, answer any questions. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, talk to y'all later. Talk to you later, Fez. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Bye.